Hello and welcome to Football Scotland Daily, the podcast that brings you all the big news, analysis and debate Monday to Friday, just in time for your daily commute. I'm your host Chris Doyle and joining me today is Gaby Mackay. How are you doing Gaby? I'm alright Chris. So we watched the Europa League games last night, uh, Aberdeen and Rangers were both in action. Um, I think we're going to have a look and see how, how they got on um, and then we're also going to look at Mikhail Lustig's controversial comments on Brendan Rodgers um, where he essentially uh, said he wasn't a Celtic fan for um, the way he left Leicester City so yeah some great things to, for us to dive into um, so instead of you being at Rugby Park last night um, watching Partizan Belgrade enjoying <laughs> a few brewskis um, you were in the office with me, so yes, I was, Chris. So don't remind me. That is a double blow, really, for you. <laughs> Got a <the> short <laughs> straw there. <laughs> um, but yes, said we did get to see the games. Um, so Aberdeen was the fir- first kickoff. Of, um, so we'll go with that. How did you think they gone? I won each draw. Um, they obviously sort of conceded an early penalty. They got their goal back through a penalty of Sam Cosgrove. Um, how did you think they gone? I thought it wasn't a brilliant performance, but it was a good result to get an away goal. It puts them basically in pole position for the tie, as long as they don't concede at Pataudry. And as we know, Aberdeen are a usually defensively solid team who don't concede many goals. So you'd you'd think it puts them in a good position. You'd think they'd absolutely be favourites to go through, but I'm not sure it was a, a great performance. They dominated the ball in the first half without really causing any problems for the Georgian goalkeeper. And then the new signing, uh, Funzo Ojo, who, as I think I've said in the podcast before, has possibly my favourite name in mm-hmm. Scottish football at the moment. Um, he conceded a penalty, which Derek McInnes basically said the referee was conned. It, it was soft, but I think it was a daft challenge. I think it was a penalty. And then when they score that, a very nonchalant penalty that the boy put away as well, by the way, he just sort of stepped up and stroked it into the corner. Uh, Lewis went the right way, couldn't get there. And then you're kind of worrying, you're thinking, is this going to be one of those Scottish European results? I mean, like like Kilmarnock against Connors Key uh, just uh, just the other week. So, uh, yeah, uh, you're kind of worrying about it. But they came out in the second half, they stuck at it, they got a penalty of their own and scored it. It wasn't a great game. I don't think either team really did much. It wasn't, wasn't exactly a classic. But it's a decent result for Aberdeen. They get the away goal. I think they're, they're in the driving seat. Yeah, I was going to ask you about uh, Ojo's debut. Um, yeah, obviously not ideal giving away a penalty. That's the other end of the pitch. How did? How else? How do you think he got on? Like in general, except from that instant. Yeah, I think he was okay. I don't think he particularly stood out aside from from giving away the penalty. But as you say, it's his debut. Uh, so he's, he only joined the team what a, a week, ten days ago. So he won't have had a huge number of training sessions with his new teammates. He'll need to get used to the tactics. He'll need to get used to the style and just playing with his teammates. Uh, Craig Bryson came on as well. Another new signing. He came off the bench when uh, Ash Taylor went off injured. So you can understand why there might have been a bit of uh, disconnect in midfield. But yeah, I thought, I thought he did okay. Obviously, giving away the penalty is not ideal. I'm sure it would have delighted Hibs fans, or at least Paul Heckingbottom, who wasn't very happy when he signed for Aberdeen, having allegedly given his word to Hibs. But I thought I thought he was fine. Nothing nothing amazing, but yeah, he did all right. Yeah, for Ojo and Bryson, I mean, it's not exactly the easiest of debuts, just kind of getting thrown into sort of an away tie in Europe, especially in Georgia. It's kind of, it was tricky, but they got the, you're right, they got their away goals, so... They should be in the, uh, the driver's seat for the return legs. So, do you think that they'll they'll be sort of they'll get it done business as usual at Pataudry? 
You'd hope so. I mean, I have a, as a as a Kilmarnock fan, I've now learned that you can never write off these ties after the first leg. I mean, Kelly went away and won against the part-time Welsh team and still went out. So I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't rule anything out. But I think Aberdeen, from what they showed last night, they, they controlled the possession without doing much. If they can just find a little bit more of a cutting edge, you'd think they'd be able to do it. And as, as basically, as long as they don't concede, they'll go through. And we know Aberdeen are strong defensively with, with the likes of McKenna in there. So hopefully they can just keep a clean sheet at Pitaudry and get the job done. Although, based on last night's evidence, I don't imagine it will be a sort of three, four goals. I don't imagine it'll be a spectacular game, but you'd, you'd hope they'd have enough just to get over the line. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so yeah, followed that was the Rangers game at Ibrox. They were hosting their old enemies, Progress Niedercorn from Luxembourg. So it was the Rangers' two- real rivals. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they won... Um, there, so it was 2-0 on the night, uh, goals from Shea Ojo and Joe Aribo. Um In reality, probably should have been a lot more, but still got the job done. Um, how do you think they fared? I think there are two things to, that we need to take into account or we need to say. The first is Rangers were far better on the night. They could have sc- scored more goals. I mean, they certainly should have had at least three. Tavernier, obviously hit the post with a penalty. They missed a couple of good chances. Aside from that, I think Morelos had a couple of decent chances that you'd expect a guy of his quality to put away. He didn't didn't have his best game last night. He's maybe not quite fully matched up. You'd think uh, if he stays anyway that he's, he'll be he'll put those away in the future. Um, they're obviously a better side than Progress Niederkorn. They're up 2-0, didn't concede an away goal. They should definitely be favourites to go through in the tie. But I think it also has to be said that it wasn't an entirely convincing performance from Rangers. I think they gave up uh, a good few chances. You know, there was one in the first half where uh, I don't I don't know his name. The boy before progress got through, he kind of had a left footed shot. McGregor saved it easily enough. You'd have been disappointed if it had gone in, but it was a good chance to give away. There was in the second half, uh, the defender got up above Ryan Jack had a free header and he missed it. And then right near the end, the the substitute. Uh, who Mbai, I think his name was. I can't I can't say his name. Maybe but right. he, he went through the middle and mm-hmm. had a one on one and McGregor had to save it. Now, as I said, Rangers were clearly the better team. They controlled most of the match. But if you look at chances like that in Europe, if Progress score one of those, they've got an away goal and suddenly the tie looks very different. So I think there will have been concerns for Steven Gerrard based on that. I'm not sure that the midfield looked entirely balanced. You had Ryan Jack, Steven Davis, and then a little bit further uh, Joe Aribo playing there. They did seem to concede a lot through the middle. There were a lot of chances where there were big gaps in that midfield that you think a better team than Progress would be able to exploit. You maybe if you had a guy like Glenn Kamara in there, it might offer a little bit more balance because Jack, well, he likes to go box to box. He, he did some good tracking back, but he likes to go box to box. Aribo, who was excellent, by the way, he looks like a real a real uh, find, certainly on this evidence for, well, it was a development fee there to pay Charo, and he looks like he'll be a, a, real, a real good player. But those two like to get forwards, and then you're left with Stephen Davis in there, who's, what, 35, 36, so he doesn't necessarily have the legs that he used to. He's still a good player. He doesn't really doesn't give the ball away much. When Rangers are in possession, it's great, but if those two are up the pitch and he's there, I think that can leave you a little bit exposed, and I think that happened at times last night. Progress weren't quite good enough to exploit that, but I think Steven Gerrard will be looking at that and saying if when we start coming up against better teams, like possibly in the next round, so it's Michelind or like, who's the other? I think no, opponent? it's um, Michelin as no, the, the yeah. opponent. That so yeah, so if they go through, you you know you'd think that they'll be a better team. I think they've been in the, the Champions League in recent memory. 
and they'd be able to exploit those kind of gaps. So I think it was a bit of a mixed bag for Rangers, is what I'm saying. They were clearly the better team. They clearly are a better team. They could have scored a few more goals, but there were areas, I think, of concern for Rangers and for Steven Gerrard. Right, I want to get get into those frailties a little bit later, but I want to first ask you about Aribo. You're saying he scored that goal. Um, do you think he's set for a really big season? Because he had, I mean, he seemed uh, he was the best player in the park, I think, by quite a distance, um, and he looked really exciting going forward. Um, so, do you think he is sort of? I know there's been a lot of hype about him. Everyone's kind of been st- with the same chat um, since he came from Charlton. Everyone's kind of hyped him up. Are you kind of on the hype train, or do you think he'll do just fine? Or how do you see him progressing throughout the year? Well, certainly based on last night, I thought, yeah, as you said, he was the best player on the park. He's obviously he's big and he's strong and he can run, but it's not just that. He's a really intelligent player. Based on last night, he, he had a lovely bit of skill down down the wing at one point to get away from his man, sent it across, set up. He uh, burst into the box at one point, and when you thought he was going to shoot, he just cut one back from Morelos, who then turned and, and put it wide. He basically dominated that progress midfield. Now, the caveat, of course, is that the standard of opposition isn't brilliant, mm-hmm. but he completely dominated them. The goal was a perfect example. He just took the ball. He showed that pace and power that he has to surge forward with it, but he also showed the quality he has. He just opened up his body, just bent into the corner with his left foot. You know, not even a huge amount of power behind it. It was almost almost sort of delicate finish, just absolute precision. So I think he looks like a real real find. Again, he he scored two goals in his last two competitive games. We have to obviously caveat it by saying it was the third best team in Gibraltar and what the second best team in Luxembourg. So it's not a <laughs> high, no, it's not the highest standard of opposition, yeah. but you can only beat what's in front of you. And he was outstanding last night. I thought. Well, see, that's where I'm, I might be sort of getting ahead of myself, jumping the gun a wee bit because I was kind of watching them, and you can, you know, I've been watching football for long enough where that could kind of. Can kind of get that that sense that you know he's a, a you know a top quality player. Um, I was thinking about it on the way into work today, and I was like, you know, it's like, what? I'm not making comparisons, but with um, Celtic obviously having Musa Dembele, it was almost one of those when he came to the league, you seen him, you were like, oh, he's too good for to play for Celtic. Like straight away, you knew it was just a matter of time before he moved on. Now I was kind of thinking, I was like, just watching a replay, I was like, do you know what, like. I just know that in a few, like, do you know what I mean? Like, he can just go on to kind of greater things. No disrespect to Rangers, but the case that... Do you think that that's kind of his potential? Like, do you think he's got that in him? Maybe I, I probably am too early throwing this, like, sort of um, assumption out there that he can go on to sort of those things. But he's, you know, he's still a young player. Um, would you do you see him maybe sort of reaching those heights is it similar to Dembele? Yeah, well, based on, on last night, as you say, I mean, I hadn't seen a huge amount of him when he was at Charon and... I didn't see the game against St. Joseph because I was watching Kelly get mugged <laughs> off by Connor's key nomads. But based on last night, yeah, I mean, he was head and shoulders above everyone else on the park. I mean, you know, if you, you want to compare to Dembele, I would almost, uh, and again, I'm obviously not comparing these two as players, but I'd kind of compare it to when Paul Pogba, when he first went to Juventus, he'd signed for Manchester United, he hadn't really played mm-hmm. for them. And the first time you saw him play, you went, wow, you know, that kid's really got something there. Before... Celtic fans write to me, I am not for a second comparing Joe Aribo to Paul Pogba. But I'm saying that the you know, the what he showed last night and everything that he had, he just looks like he's yeah. the, the complete package. And we'll obviously see he's a young player. You know, young players can 
the development can stall, things can go wrong, injuries can happen, and the standard of opposition wasn't great, but yeah, based on last night, he looks like he'll be a real, real top player. Yeah, because we were seeing the, hearing those uh, comparisons about Patrick Vieira or whatever, and you know <clears throat> that's just a lot of sort of uh, sort of pressure to put on a, a player's shoulders before he's even played a game. But yeah, just his um, sort of mix of you know sort of physical attributes, you know, uh, sort of long strides, lanky legs, being able to sort of just a real engine in the middle part, but also kind of you seen him on the on the wing, sort of like taking on players a lot, like sort of his technical aspect of his game seemed to be really sharp. So yeah, and we're, I'm not comparing him to Dembele, Dembele either. I've just meant, especially of him being a different sort of position, but I just think think like you see, from that sort of first instance, I was just like quite being like, this guy's got something. No, um, I agree with you. And you can see, I mean, Rangers, I think, push the ball out to get him and you can see why. And it'll help his development to be playing under a guy like Stephen Gerrard, obviously. Yeah, for sure. So you're talking about the sort of the weaknesses at the back for Rangers. Um, I personally thought uh, George Edmonds Edmondson came in. Um, I thought personally thought he was he had a had a good game. Um, sort of his distribution uh, from the back seemed to sort of read the game really well. Um, and he was just like, yeah, just really confident with the ball of his feet. You were on player ratings duty last night, and I think you may have gave him a six. But I think I kind of talked you into giving him a six <laughs> because you had given him something a little bit less. But obviously, you're watching the game as well, yeah. so I just obvi- I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on why you think maybe that he didn't put in such a great performance from what I'd seen. Well, to be clear, I'd like to just clarify as well that uh, we do the player ratings. It's more the sort of you want to go a bit more in depth than just a couple of lines. So we do more like you know, like they do in Europe, like like Keep and Gazetta della Sport and whatever, mm-hmm. where the ratings are generally not, they're more in the middle. They're not, you don't get many 10s, you don't get many 3s. It's somewhere in the middle. So, for right. example, uh, Andrea Pirlo, that game he played against England in Euro 2012, where he absolutely ran the show, just dominant, one of the best performances I've seen. He got an 8.5 in the Gazetta della Sport. That's harsh. Day. That is just Well, harsh. yeah. So, <laughs> to be, that's the... Essential scale that okay. we're working to here. So when I give him a six, it's it's not bad. You know, okay. I think if you, if you get a five, that means you've done fine. You didn't really do anything, but that's fine. So six. Now the reason I disagree. Now I don't disagree with what you said. I think he did look confident and comfortable on the ball, but I think what you have to take into account is you're playing against a team who were sitting in who had no desire to come out and press so it's easy enough to pass when there's no one pressuring you and also I think certainly the one at the end that McGregor had to save and in the first half the save McGregor had to make I thought both times he got a little bit caught out and looked quite slow Mm -hmm. and I think if you're a centre-back and there's two points in the game where you get caught out like that okay you don't concede a goal but if you get caught out like that well that's a, a major error and I think a better team would have punished it you know if it's at the end of the game if that's say Lee Griffiths running through rather than the guy for progress he probably scores the goal you probably concede the away goal and that's going to be a big sort of blot on your copybook so that's why I thought that although he was good in possession I wasn't I, I wasn't I didn't think he was bad but I didn't think he was brilliant defensively because I don't think he had much to do and the few times he did have something to do there was a couple of moments he looked a bit shaky now to be fair the a couple of minutes after the one-on-one with McGregor the guy looked like he'd done him for pace again but Edmondson got back he positioned himself well 
showed him down the line. The guy tried to cut inside, took the ball off him. It was a really good bit of intelligent defending, a good bit of tactical defending, and he did well there. But that's the only reason that I think that maybe, you know, a six, as I said, a, you know, uh, a Rebo who, as I've just been waxing lyrical about, got an eight. So, <laughs> okay. it's, yeah, you know. That's fair. No, it was just because he was obviously put into the side by uh, Stephen Gerrard and um, he's kind of expected to be the signing for the future. Um, you know, there's uh, Nicola Cattage there, also Philip Palander as well, who's arrived from Bologna for three and a half million. So you'd expect he's going to be getting a lot of game time. So the whole kind of... With Edmondson, I feel like fans were maybe thinking, oh, like, sort of one of the future, maybe fourth choice kind of centre-back, like, if you look at look at that. So, but with his performance, I mean, do you think, like, he can sort of maybe push Cattage, push, uh, even if it's Goldston, maybe? Like, do you think he's, from the glimpses of the good side of his game, maybe the good parts of his game you've seen last night, do you think he could maybe give Rangers something, like, this season? Not just, like, talking about later down the line. Can he, like, really give them a, positive sort of um positive approach this season yeah i think so uh i thought goldson last night as well certainly as the game wore on i thought he was far too casual in mm-hmm. possession i think possibly because he hadn't had much to do he was sort of you know he misplaced a few passes and he sort of got caught in possession a couple of times which again could have been caught out and you can bet that gerard's been paying attention to that so yeah you could see uh hellander we expect is going to come in eventually you don't pay three and a half million uh-huh. pound for a guy like that to not play him but it could very well be for goldson that he, that he comes in uh based on based on last night anyway yeah it seems like they at least like the if there's four center backs which which is what you need for a good squad obviously the, with the rotation but it seems like the starting spots besides hellander even even then he's still coming into the team so it seems like they're all up for grabs but i think that's probably good for the sort of uh, for the squad and you know having those competition for places um so quickly touching on the midfield you're saying they you didn't think they were they were a wee bit unevenly balanced um yeah i thought they were fight i thought i didn't think any I, of them performed badly individually okay. i'm not sure but the midfield works as a balance works, but yeah. it's like in terms of going forward um so yeah i had this kind of um glenn kamada was on the bench ryan jack started um i thought ryan jack yeah they he had a really good game actually um so it was more I was wanting to get your kind of viewpoint on sort of do you think Kamara is that's just a sort of like a direct replacement or do you think maybe in terms of the best sort of system going forward what who's your kind of like if you're if there's three in the middle there um who's do you think the three the best kind of complement each other I think that certainly last night for what the game demanded I think you'd have been better having Kamara in there someone who would sit alongside Davis who quality player though he is at his age is going to need some help in there ryan jack as we said likes to likes to go box to box so i mean i've i've never been particularly convinced by ryan jack i don't think he's a bad player i'm just not sure for the level rangers want to go to Mm -hmm. for winning the league i'm not sure he's i'm not sure he's off that standard the last time i spoke about ryan jack i got some angry tweets from rangers fans (laughs) so uh well you know we'll brush past that but i i'm not sure that he's top top quality He's a decent player to have in the squad, but I just thought last night that the midfield looked unbalanced. I thought, I didn't, again, I think the ratings, I didn't think any of the players had bad games individually. Mm -hmm. I just don't think that the combination of the three really worked. Yeah, I didn't mean to single you out there bringing up, the, up your ratings and <laughs> <laughs> pointing the gun at you. But um, I th- yeah, I thought it was just kind of interesting to see sort of your take in the game because obviously I think we, we we obviously both watched it next to each other, but it seemed to have kind of, we kind of noticed different things because I was kind of the opinion. I thought like 
like sort of individually Ryan Jack had a really good game and he mm-hmm. really impacted Rangers well going forward um, just kind of linking up um, if it was with our field you know nice touch, uh, one two kind of passes inside the box but it's interesting to know about obviously maybe in defensive end maybe he was sort of bombing forward and then it's leaving sort of areas behind that you're saying like a, a better team might expose so it's interesting like Jeddah's got a lot of options midfield just like in defence uh, which probably didn't have last season so that's something to watch in terms of, like who kind of gets a nod there but I'm sure plenty of games maybe six of the game season uh, plenty of them are going to be sort of um, getting a getting chance here, including like, like the Greg Doherty as well. Um, so anyway, yeah, so we haven't chatted about Celtic yet. Um, we're going to, from their wins, for their Champions League win um, on Wednesday. But today um, we're going to chat about the Mikael Lustig's comments on Brendan Rodgers that uh, came out. Some pretty harsh words, I would say. Um, so he was speaking to a Belgian magazine called Sport Foot. Sounds made up. But it's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm going to just read out what he, uh, what he said. So um, he says, in terms of managers, uh, Neil Lennon persuaded me, me to move to Celtic. So he's the most important coach for me. Tactically, the best with Brendan Rodgers, a true perfectionist. I only regret that he left the way he did. When you say you're a fan of Celtic, you do not quit the club in February. I do not approve of his choice and he knows it. Celtic will always have a huge place in my heart, but in football, we are not always alone in deciding. They offered to keep me on. He's referring to the one-year contract he was offered. Um, but I respect the club too much to say bad things about it. But I gave everything to to them for eight years. I was expecting a little more respect in return. Um, yeah, so he goes on a bit more, but um, those are sort of the, the main ones. Yeah. Um, so thoughts on his comments on Rodgers first because he's kind of really laid into him there I think that'll be sort of music to the ears of Celtic fans I mean he probably knows exactly what he's doing there you know he's a bit of a cult hero with Celtic fans he's obviously left now but he still is I think he's obviously playing to the gallery gallery a little bit there but I think you do have to agree with him I think Rogers coming in and giving it the big thing about oh I'm, you know I'm a Celtic fan I grew up watching them you know his nonsense story about Danny McGrain which if I, I won't get into here, we don't have time, but people can Google Brendan Rodgers, Danny McGrain, you know, uh, all, all this nonsense that Rodgers, you know, was was spinning. And I think Celtic fans, you'd have to say, a lot of them lapped it up and in mm-hmm. hindsight probably think they got taken for a bit of a ride for Rodgers to then basically jump ship in February in the middle of the season uh, to take the first decent job in England that comes up, obviously left a sour taste in the mouth. And clearly did with the players too, as you as you might imagine. Um, and I think I think Lustig has has a point. I think he I think he's spot on basically that about Rogers. I think it it would it'd be less galling if Rogers hadn't given it the big oh I'm a I'm a Celtic man kind of thing yeah. and then jumped ship. But I think Lustig's also he knows what he's doing there. I think yeah. he's kind of playing at the gallery a bit. Yeah, well, it, it's probably an opinion you think is shared by. A lot of this maybe Celtic players current, um, but Browns they've always he's been sort of quite respectful in his comments. So is everyone else. So it's interesting to see if, like if Lustig's left the club now, so maybe he thinks he's in that position where he's like I've been wanting to get this off my chest, um, or if he's just kind of playing to Celtic fans. Um, but I mean his comments about um, leaving the club. You know he says he doesn't want to say anything bad about the club, but then he does say. I should have received more respect. So it seems like, oh no, a bit of a kind of sour end to sort of his time at Parkhead. Um, 
you think Celtic maybe, do you think they should have maybe offered them like sort of improved terms, like a longer sort of contract? Should they, or at least maybe approached it with, with more respect, as he says? It's difficult to say. I mean, it, there's, there's not really any room for sentiment in football, is there? I mean, you look at, I mean, Roma didn't offer Daniele De Rossi a new contract. Who's, and he's, you know, from Rome, played for them all his days, club captain. Mikel Lustig, popular as he was with the Celtic fans, he ain't Daniele De Rossi. So I think I think for the last season or possibly two, it was clear that Lustig had lost a step. I think his time probably was up. Celtic offering him a one-year contract is probably, yeah, you know, stick around for a year, maybe be back up, whatever. And he obviously wanted a longer contract, which is understandable. You want that financial security, you want... Security for your family, who presumably are settled in Glasgow, but I think his time was probably up. That's fair enough. So, well, talking about Rogers anyway, yes. I think you've got a game lined up. Yes, so I'm I have. Pass, pass that over to you, and you okay. can explain that a bit more because I think you're probably the best man for that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we've got a little little Friday game. Uh, we, 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 we like do, we, we like do to, love a game. We do we do we? like a game on this podcast, <laughs> and this one wasn't even just to fill time. This is just because Brendan Rodgers came up, and yeah, I thought we'd right. I thought people might like a little Friday game for their commute home. So what I've got here is basically I'm going to read you some quotes, Chris, and you've got to tell me whether they are former Celtic manager Brendan Rodgers or uh, Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant comedy creation David Brent from The Office. Right. So just to give you you know a, a flavour okay. of what we're talking about. We all remember the the story of Rogers uh, in a traffic jam in the Clyde Tunnel, and uh, someone comes up and and chaps on his window, and this is Rogers' own words. He said, "I just want you to say thank you for coming up to Scottish football. I'm a Rangers supporter, but you're a breath of fresh air up here." We all know that did not happen, but right. that's the kind of level of sort of thing we're talking about. You know, that's the kind of Rogers Brentism we're talking about. So okay. I'm going to get Bef- on to... The- Before we start, disclaimer, I didn't, I've i never really watched The Office, so... Yeah, yeah well, that's why it's perfect. I, which because, is a good... So just in case... Yes, this is why we're not doing it when Adam's here, because think, he can recite the entire script yeah. of The Office, so... And I, also I probably Brendan Rogers. I think I have not seen The Office than any of my, our Celtic or Rangers takes today. <laughs> well, and you, you, and you would deserve it. Yes, okay. it's, it's not something I'm proud of. So I'm going to I'm gonna read you some quotes. You just tell me whether it's Brendan Brendan Rogers or David Brent, okay? Okay, as Brendan Rogers would say, and obviously <laughs> play along at home. Uh, I always say a team is like a good meal. I'm not a great cook, but a good meal takes a wee bit of time. But also, to offer a good meal, you need good ingredients. Is that uh, Brendan Rogers or David Brent? I'm gonna go David Brent. That was Brendan Rogers. No, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm an educator. A motivator of people. I excite their imaginations. David Brent. That was David Brent, correct. So you've got one out of two there. Right, not bad, not bad. We're like one big organism. One big animal, yeah? The guys upstairs on the phone, they're the mouth. (laughs) The guys down here, the hands. I'm probably the humour. That's definitely David Brent. That Only because you said yeah. I was like, Brent, <laughs> no, I should have left that out. He doesn't speak like that. No, I should have <laughs> left that out, yeah. Um, I've always said that you can live without water for many days, but you can't live for a second without hope. I'm going David Brent again. That was Brendan Rogers. No. Yes, he, he, he actually he, said that. When did he say that? I think it was when he was Liverpool manager, <laughs> but he actually said that. So you've got, you've got two out of four so far. 50%. Okay. <laughs> you've seen how I react to people. Make them feel good. Make them think that anything's possible. If I make them laugh along the way, sue me. 
I don't do it so they turn around and go, thank you, blank, for the opportunity. Thank you for the wisdom. Thank you for the laughs. I do it so one day someone will go, there goes, blank. I must remember to thank him. Um, I feel like I'm just guessing David Brent, but I genuinely do think that's David Brent. That is indeed David Brent, <laughs> okay. yes. So you're, you're back on top. Right. You've got three out of five. Um, her son came up to me not so long ago and said, thank you so much. You've given her a new lease of life. That makes me as happy as picking up a trophy. Brendan Rogers. I had, yeah, because of the trophy. <laughs> I was going to change it to an award, but I was like, I can't really. That's kind of cheating. It's and quote, finally, uh, that's you got, what was it? Four out of six. So oh. finally, no. Yeah, four out of six. And finally, I will leave no stone unturned in my quest. And that quest will be relentless. Brendan Rogers. Brendan Rogers again, yes. correct, Chris. Oh, that's not a bad, not a bad showing. Last, Five out of seven. Did yeah, better than my last game. Yeah, uh, absolutely. <laughs> I lost to Adam, uh, <laughs> so I think that's perfect. Perfect note to end on. Um, so yeah, that's all of it. That's all from us here at Football Scotland for today. We we will be back on Monday. Actually, it's Friday uh, before four four p.m. Just in time to make your daily work commute that little bit more bearable. Um, you can get more from us at the Football Scotland website or social media channels on Facebook and Twitter at football underscore Scott. To ask a question or make a comment to us individually, you can get me on at by Chris Doyle and Gaby. At Gaby McCann. Until, tomorrow, until Monday, thanks for listening.